3: That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the Bro, negative you insurgency in their fire me up, man. You lives. fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, I know you have talked about it over and over and over again, about that goal of you and your brother
2: at 50 are going to climb Mount Everest. I know. Uh, well, it's <laughs> it's whoever wins the next Ooh. bet, and uh, but uh, yeah, we got to climb Everest, right? Yeah.
3: Right. So that's a that's a thing. I'd love to do it too. But what you got to really? think of? Oh, hell yeah, uh, all right. I'd love to go. That'd be awesome, man. But what you when you th- start putting it into perspective, and, and and wizard, you talked about it before we came on the other day. Where you were saying, dude, it's a two month commitment, right? Just to go at
4: least two months, and somewhere around sixty five thousand dollars, and there's no guarantee you'll even get a chance to summit. So,
3: plus the what the year, maybe two years of prep climbing work to Mm -hmm. to get to the point where you're safe enough to even start the
2: trek. Right? It's a major commitment. You can't just show up and climb that thing, right? You could, but you're a freak. No, no. I come down it no problem, <laughs> <laughs> but no, they they have that thing locked down, right? You just can't ease like we can't. No, say, hey, let's you got it. We're gonna bring no, it. We you you got today. What do oh, I saw I'm trying to get, get up here. No, <laughs> I, and, I think uh, there's like, like a, a, ball, stump- a
4: ball, Get a snowmobile, head up there, summit, be back you, by lunch. Yeah, yeah, we're going. A big deal. That's what I'm
2: saying. Was you get stumped to jump into it,
4: dude? Yes. Bro. yes, bro.
2: That's what we talked about, oh, yeah. and that is what the man needs to do. Oh yeah, jump and tap onto Everest.
3: So what you're saying is, we convince Andy for his next insane world record to climb up summit, and then when he's up there, after the the grueling, no, 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 I'm talking about
2: jumping from thirty thousand or yeah, like thirty five thousand. He would suit to the summit and and jump. We interview him on land land on the summit. Yeah,
3: but you can't land on that summit. Who says there's not enough? What's the highest hey ho jump ever done? Thirty five, thirty seven. Well, Bombardier from outer space, outer space,
4: or near space.
3: Yeah, but that he was falling at seven hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It's not like you can fall at seven hundred miles an hour and hit the peak, which is the size of our tables right here. <laughs> <laughs> How about the dudes in Vietnam, like Roy Boehm? And they would just have the thing, and the uh, C-130 would come out, catch the line, and just yank them off the ground. Rapid, what was it called? Uh, Field expedient rapid extract by C-130 or some crazy nonsense, dude. Anyways, let's get back to Everest. So once we get Andy to do this, we'll have a whole other show to talk about. But in the meantime, just think about what goes into doing it. Our guest today did it as well as all the other highest peaks in every, all the continents, right? And he did it blind, dude. Blind. Dude. Uh, not blindfolded. Not blindfolded, yeah, like blind. peeking a little bit under the eye at second. He's blind, bro. Only blind guy, right, Wizard? Am I right on this? Only blind man ever to summon Evers.
4: I don't know if it's ever, but he was definitely the first. Wow. He was definitely the first.
3: That's un. Believable he mind. also
4: did the first blind descent of the 3,000-foot nose of El Cap in Yosemite, El Capitan.
3: Well, let, before we get Amongst into other it, things. but before we get into his bio, because it's insane, let's just start this show. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutherford, along with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and... <laughs> the wizard (laughs) god i love that intro bro dude i absolutely love that intro it's one of my favorites of all time i don't know if i can keep Uh. it up but i seriously love it dude all right well if this is your first time checking on board with us welcome aboard have we got an ascension type story for you Right? Have we got something that's going to be transcendental for you? You're going to see the world in a new light after you have this experience on the TNQ podcast with Eric and us, man. I'm telling you what, it is going to blow you away. Now, Mm. if you're
2: back, we love you. We love you. Don't we love them, Marcus? It's amazing, yeah, that they keep bringing us back here and giving us the guests that we. We get to interview time and in, time out. Thank y'all so much for doing that. I mean, it's crazy
3: that uh, three knuckle drag. Uh, you're probably wizard's not knuckle drag. He's not technically a knuckle dragger. Like this us. Is our
2: is he generation under us. Yeah, right? that's it's always right. harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah man, we
3: were in a hard buds, buds class. He didn't have a hard buds class, dude. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, listen, if you're repeater, Fender, we love you. We couldn't do the show without you. In fact, we're so appreciative that, guess what? We finally have gone and done it. We have got some new swag. We've got some TNQ Podcast merchandise for you. Just go visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. And while you're there, after you bought a couple shirts for your friends that are struggling or the people you know that have great never quit stories, we would love it if you would write in on the website and submit your greatest never quit story to us or submit your a person, you know, and love and care about some person in your life that, you know, has an incredible story, submit their story. If it's a great, we're going to post them all, no matter what. And if it's a great story, we're going to read it on here. If it's an insane, amazing, unbelievable story, Marcus, what are we doing? Coming on. In our next recording session, coming in in a little bit, we're going to have one of those listeners come on the show. Now, Marcus, how stoked are we to pull on one of our great first sponsors, 4hymns.com, the one-stop shop for all types of men's issues, hair loss, skin care issues, and sexual
2: wellness, baby. What do you think? That's great. I'm excited to to have them as a sponsor. And the first thing they brought to us is and, that we were going to talk about was hair loss. And I remember when you brought that to, to me, I was like, oh, man, sure it is, right? And I I can't talk wrong, about anything right? unless I've seen both sides of yeah. it. So I've previously been hit by lightning, so I was thinking. <laughs> 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 of course you had. <laughs> All right. I kind of did the Bell Gibson and what women want thing and <laughs> right. sat back and I just kind of took the ego out of it and thought about Morgan and I first coming in as twins and being born early and, and, and starting to work out and then taking all the supplements and everything we could get our hands on, uh, if it worked or not, to make us grow all our lives. Growing up, high school, college, even in the SEAL teams, we took supplements, we did everything we could to If Enhanced there was a, a defect our, yeah. or a deficiency in something, <laughs> no, even with vitamins. we're still doing it. We're still taking still it. Still this very day. Still doing stuff like that. So I... Once I started thinking about it like that, like man, if I if I had the hair loss problem, I would immediately do go try and get it fixed. That's the solution. The solution, right? And, and a scientific one, right? Fix it and let's go,
3: wizard. Talk exactly. a little bit about how scientifically fi- effective and efficient this stuff is. Well,
4: the stat on this, I think, that's most interesting is sixty percent, sixty six percent of men start losing their hair by thirty five. So, what for Hims is going to help you do is going to help you keep your hair. And the way they do it, it's already a proven method, and it's, it's, it's very convenient. So they're taking, you know, well-known genetic equivalents to name brand prescriptions, and they're sending it to you. So this stuff is already proven. And the other aspect is you don't have to go to the doctor's office. There's not going to be a waiting room. You're not going to have to pay all that, and you're going to save time. And, uh, you know, being proactive about something that's really concerning you. I dig it. Well
3: man, listen up. Our listeners right now get a trial month for Hims for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. Just go to their website at forhims.com and start filling out all the questionnaire. You'll be assigned a doctor and within a few easy steps, you're going to get the prescription and the products will be delivered right to your door. Again, all you got to do is go to Forhims.com and forward slash our promo code, which is T-N-Q-P. That's forhims.com forward slash T-N-Q-P and start combating the hair loss insurgency today. All right. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, we finally convinced the wizard to get on there. Just go to mm. Instagram.
4: Mm. After much waterboarding, I have decided to join Instagram.
3: Well, I'm I'm glad you did, man. Now it's it's finally you coming out of the shadows, but a little bit. Does isn't it liberating? Oh, let's not have this discussion. I'm still not a fan of social media. Oh man, you'll see. Once you get the love showered on you, bud That's how we f- make a living. Right? Once you get <laughs> right. a little bit of love, you're gonna dig it, dude, right? I guarantee it. You can also follow the show at TNQ Podcast. You can follow me at Team Frog Logic and definitely follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell. And if you want to download the show, go to iTunes Podcast app on your phone, look in your search, type in team. Ours will pop right up. Team Never Quit Podcast. Press subscribe and you have us in your heads morning, noon, and night. Morning, noon, and night, while you're Mm -hmm. PTing, while you're driving to work, while you're eating breakfast, while you're on the can, while you're making your bed, while you're motivating your teammates, have us going in your brain in order for you to begin learning the never-quit mindset yourself. All right. Wow. Eric Weinmayer. I am so stoked to get this. This dude is a definitive badass, man. Truly over, you know, he is—he is, he is literally—he had this. I don't think this guy knows what barriers are, quite frankly. Could How you, could you
4: please go down the <laughs> list for this guy? Well, that's, there's a lot, there, man. There's a lot to say about him. I'll try to pack this in and give everybody kind of a comprehensive view because I don't know if we're going to get a comprehensive view in the interview. I don't really know where he's going to go with this. But Weinmay is an American athlete, adventurer, an author, an activist, a motivational Badass. speaker, and start. He lost his sight. He got retinoscasis, um, and by the age of 13, that's a retinal detachment, he he went blind, lost his sight. Now, his parents made significant efforts to put him on a path um, so that he wouldn't be bound by the limitations of this blindness, Um, and he showed that. I mean, high school, he became a pretty formidable wrestler representing Connecticut in the National Junior Freestyle Wrestling Championship out in Iowa. He had undertaken uh, rock climbing, it's actually an interesting story. He's in second grade, and his test in spelling, I think, was completely illegible. It was done in a yellow marker, which you couldn't even read. And the teacher had, you know, I guess, graciously giving him giving him a smiley face. What his mother saw, this she goes in, she she comes up to the teacher and she says, "You know, why did you give him this smiley face? He doesn't need self esteem. He needs to learn to spell."
3: I love that. I love that. Right. And when awesome. I read that,
4: that really kind of spoke to me of yeah. the way they raised him and.
3: Well, one of the things too that is I found really interesting that he doesn't talk a lot about is his mother did pass away earlier when that's when he true. was towards the end of high school. Man, and that right. that's a powerful thing to overcome itself. For sure, for sure.
4: Um, so that put him on a path to achieve a lot of very impressive things, and I'm just going to list some of them off here. You know, he attended Boston College and graduated with a double major in English and Communications. Then he really kind of gets into. Um, these expeditions where he becomes the first uh, blind person to reach the summit of Everest. He completed the seven summits, huh. which are the seven highest peaks on the seven continents of the world. The first uh, blind ascent of El Capitan in Yosemite. He did um, a two, this 2,000-foot ascent of Ice Icefall in Nepal, for example. Just imagine doing ice climbing blind. No. all right, Yeah. No. Um, he's completed the primal quest, which uh is man's race, course four hundred and sixty miles nine um, days in nine <laughs> days he has even and his most recent and he has a book coming out it's called No Barriers but he kayaked the entire two hundred and seventy seven miles or actually I don't know the full length but he kayaked two hundred and seventy seven miles of the Colorado River in two thousand fourteen some of the biggest the Grand Rapid. Canyon. Yeah. yeah right solo kayaked this I mean he's in his own boat
3: some of the hardest rapids in right. the country down that stretch. Envision
4: envision, envision doing that blind. But Good imagine pun. doing that blind. Right? I mean no. anybody who's been in big, big water before and really has an appreciation for it, I think can try to understand how potentially terrifying it would be with no sight.
2: So what is does sight breed fear? Great question. I mean it's amazing what he's capable of without what what we're capable of without sight. In reality, it doesn't even matter if you do see it coming or if you don't, and if it's coming. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's gone in his world because you know, by the time it gets there, it's gone. But if you can, the apprehension that comes with sight, man, you see what you're capable of, man. Take that away. Close your eyes, right? Well,
3: I, I guarantee we're going to get a truckload more out of that, Marcus. But, you know, uh, Wizard, you got a truckload more on yeah, there, don't there's, you? There's definitely at least
4: one more major point I want to. He was involved in co founding. No barriers, which is a charitable organization in two thousand five. Um, they have they work with different groups. I mean, they work with adults and children with disabilities. They work with military veterans. They work with the youth through their various programs, and they they do all this through these like they call them transformative education experiences. These are outdoor. Um, these are connected to outdoor expeditions and, and other guided events and things like that. Um, their mission statement is is to unleash the potential of the human spirit through transformative exercises, tools, and inspiration. We help people embark on a quest to contribute their absolute best to the world. In this process, we foster a community of curious, brave, and collaborative explorers who are determined to live the no-barriers life. And when I read that, it really, it really coincided with all the other stuff that we'd researched about him, and it really just seems to, that seemed to be a, like a center focus for who he is and who he embodies, you know? In this world.
3: Well, any guy that has stripped himself of all the normal barriers that we have as people with sight or fear, like you're saying, Marcus, this is the guy that is living that life at the highest possible, in the highest possible way. So, what do you say, gents? Let's bring this cat on. Let's bring this guy who's at a whole nother level. Absolutely. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now, brother. We have had some people on this show have. that have we've had people on the show. Yes, I know. But we've had people <laughs> on the show that have blown me away, right? We had uh, we had uh, uh, Jordan right Romero right youngest kid ever to uh, summit Everest. We had Brad Snyder right our buddy from the Naval Academy lost his vision got blown up who won Olympic gold medals. Well guess what brother guess what I got in store for you today. Tell us what I got in store for our listeners one of the baddest human beings that has ever walked the face of this earth. I got a guy that's not only blind and has summited every uh, the highest summits across every continent, but including Everest, and the dude is blind, brother. He's blind. So I tell you— Another
2: one one of our guests that can outdo me. (laughs) 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 Doing most everything. I I can see. I'm getting really sick of this. (laughs) No. I got the point, guys. You can't get sick of (laughs) a guy
3: like Eric because I'm telling you. He is a true inspiration in everywhere, and the reason why I particularly love him, and I'm hoping he's going to drop some, some hardcore knowledge about this, was, was his pop was a Vietnam vet. He's, fo- he's a former Marine, once Marine, all. He's a Marine, man, and he just seems like he, he talks so vividly about his father in such a powerful way. I'm hoping he's going to share some of that insight with us today. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... Children of all ages, welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, Mr. Eric Weinmayer. Sir, thank you so much for being on this show.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I hope I can live up to that amazing intro. <laughs> oh, you already
2: have, brother. That's why you got.
3: <laughs> yeah, got <laughs> you already go. created the, the, the living up to it. Yeah. I'm just trying to attach what you rightly deserve to it, Eric. That's why we got you on here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Qualified, right?
3: Awesome. Well, sir, again, I know you're busy man, and 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 you're you know it's just such a privilege and honor to have you on with us today. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm psyched. All
3: right. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of why our listeners come to this show for your Never Quit Story or Stories, we first have to get warmed up, right? Like and any yeah. feet, whatever you do, yep, stretching it out. I love the fact he just limbered up right there. But where we gotta get stretched up is that prefrontal cortex, right? We gotta we gotta massage that gray matter a little bit. So you basically what we do is we do this fun thing that's called the Mad Minute. Now in our world. The mad minute is relative to when we are going and we hit a compound and we snatch up a bad guy and we want to learn as much information from this person as possible so we can do a follow on missions and all that. Trust me, there's none of that involved in this, but they will be some of the most difficult questions you've ever been asked in your
2: entire life. Are you prepared, (laughs) sir?
1: I think I'm ready.
2: Okay. Marcus. Right in Marcus, Mar- fire away. Diego, the coldest you've ever been. Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Uh, Mal- it's actually colder than uh, Antarctica when I was there. It was on uh, Mal- Mount in February, which is the tallest peak in Maine, believe it or not, 70 below oh. zero at the summit. That's- and at four, below zero, you you're when you pee, it freezes before it hits the ground.
3: Oh, oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Dude, that just makes me shiver just thinking about it, man. Yeah. That <laughs> triggers my hypo- uh, hydrophobia <laughs> from buds. Right.
4: All right, wizard, fire away. All right, would you rather live one life that lasted a thousand years or ten lives, which each lasted a hundred years?
1: Uh, I like. I think I want the thousand-year life, man, because it's all about time. Um, hmm. I love climbing. I love kayaking. I love spending time with my family and building a. I know a barriers movement, and I just wish I had more time. You know what I mean? We only get a finite amount on Earth, so. Um, um, as I grow older, I realize it's all about time, man. Give me a little more. It's mm, interesting that, to build on that experience. Y-
3: yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I love that you reference time. I think so often, you know, we have such incredible guests on that. We forget to touch upon that and really make it relevant. So hopefully when we get into the main meat of the interview, Eric, I'd love to talk more about your perception of time. And how it's evolved over the years from, you know, the time you lost your sight to where you are sitting right now, if that's cool with you.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Because it takes a lot of time to realize certain things and reflect and learn from your mistakes. It doesn't happen like that, you Mm. know. So sometimes you're like, I finally figured it out. It's like, oh, but now, (laughs) but now he hurts.
3: (laughs) right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. All right. Here we go. Here's mine what, because one of the, the, the there are a couple of videos I loved about your old man and the one where he taught, where you talk about how, uh, he spray painted, you know, the jump that was in your front yard so you could see it. So my first mad minute question for you is what was your favorite childhood injury?
1: Um, well, I was going blind and, uh, I was riding my buddy's mountain bike, um, uh, off down his driveway. And I, I couldn't see the driveway very well, and I veered off the driveway, and I went into the woods, and I hit a rock, and I went flying through the air, uh, and I landed on both forearms and broke both my forearms oh. on the pavement on the street. Oh! <laughs> oh. That, that hurts. How yeah,
3: you know, miserable that, that is to
2: have both your arms casted up at the same time. I, I can't yeah. even. <laughs> and <Can't laughs> do so nothing. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so bad.
3: And you're blind on top of it, he said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. All right, Marcus, fire away.
2: All right, brother. A person in your recent past that uh,
1: had a positive effect on you. Recent past. So uh, my friend uh, Paul Smith, uh, he lives up in Fort Collins. He's one of the vets who um, we lead uh, with no barriers. uh, uh, a, A lot of different kinds of people. But some uh, some we have a veterans program and we have uh, teams of vets who we take out in the mountains on the rivers. And Paul Mm -hmm. has such a cool story because he uh, he got hurt over in Iraq, uh, you know, burned uh, with an IED and uh, came home. Life kind of fell apart for him. Um, And long story short, um, uh, he took part in our program. We climbed a peak uh, in Wyoming together. Uh, We talked about this No Barriers Life. He said, hey, man, when I get home, I'm going to make some changes. Got his family back together, got off of painkillers, and climbed uh, a Colorado 14,000-foot peak addiction-free. Three pledges made with our organization and for himself, and he's done all three of Hmm.
3: them. Amen. God bless him, man.
1: Wow. I love love stories like that because – I'm kind of getting tired of like celebrities and, you know, all the fluffy stuff out there. But I just want to hear about real people, (laughs) hardcore, um, you know, people who kind of flail and 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 bleed and kind of figure it out uh, and then uh, and then make big changes in their lives. That's super courageous to me.
3: That's us, too.
1: The genuine
3: Eric. That's why we're doing this show is to go out and find People like that who, who have overcome that adversity and, and really discovered the never quit mindset. I mean, that, that's Inca- the most invigorating thing, I believe, when we can share that human spirit. And I love you talking one one thing about, about how leadership is shared amongst one another. And, and, and I love that concept that we can imprint each other through our adversity right? and through the way we act and behave
1: hundred percent. You know, like um, that's the reason I created No Barriers, really, uh, which is what we think of as a movement as well as an organization, as well as programs and stuff. But um, really, because like, hey, you know, you got a lot of challenges in the world, right? Whether I'm blind, maybe somebody else has fear, anxiety or self-doubt or some PTSD, some trauma, you know, that you bring home from a situation, You know, we're all kind of in this thing together. We're all in this no barriers club together and we're not going to really make big changes in the world. if, You know, blind people are here and people who are have another disability over here and then people who have had trauma over here. You know, what we have to do is lean in and say, like, how do we unite? How do we get stronger together? How do we break through these challenges together and uh, make the world a better place and kind of get out of ourselves? Uh, as best we can. I
3: love that, man. And I cannot wait to hear more about that. We got a couple more Mad Minute questions. This is what happens in our Mad Minute. We, we It yeah. turns into Mad 10 minutes, you know? Right, right. <laughs> all right. right,
4: all right. Wizard, fire away. Well, we've had so many, you know, thoughtful questions and these uh, pointed answers. We'll just keep that going. <laughs> so would you rather be hogtied and locked in a closet for 30 minutes with A, five water moccasins, or B, a chimpanzee with a grenade, and a hyperactive sense of
1: curiosity. Um, I'm going with the chimp. I'm taking my chances with the Uh-oh. chimp. Oh, Moxins scare me so bad. <laughs> my brother lives down in Pensacola, and these things come charging at you. Um, yeah, sometimes like- they'll get in like, his garage, and he'll be cleaning out the garage, and one will just come <laughs> charging at him and not be able to see that. Oh, my Boy, gosh. They, I just, they are mean. That scares me so bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, that is my favorite question he <laughs> yes. asks. All, right. All right, Marcus, fire away. All
1: right, brother, are you superstitious? Uh, yeah, I think I fall into that category a tiny bit. Awesome. Most athletes do, right? Even yeah. if you say you're not. you're like yeah, it's, that
2: one little yeah, deal. Yeah. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. I have this weird, um, crazy thing I've kind of gotten away from it, but um, like if it just humans are crazy, first of all. So I'm in that same boat. So yes, like I'll be in the shower and I'll drop the soap, and I go, "Uh oh, me and something crazy is going to happen today when I drop the soap." And, I, and my brain <laughs> goes, "That's the stupidest thing." That totally your brain i I got some weird ones too man you do have
2: some uh, weird weird ones ones. you're You're, you're, you're a good company brother don't worry about it
3: that's what makes us so fun man is that we all have this wackadoo stuff that we do day in and day out and and in our quest to you know battle that fear in our brains i love it i love it right all right wizard you got another one
4: uh yeah give us a movie character story that you'd like to live out in real life
1: um who wouldn't like to be daredevil Right, uh, the comic book guy Daredevil. <laughs> he goes blind, and his other senses get so strong. He's like fighting mm. like twenty guys at the same time and saving the yeah. world. And uh, and that's a pretty cool life. I I like him. He's there's a great uh, Daredevil series on good, Netflix. Right? Oh, yeah. it is good. Yeah. I enjoy it. The- it is so good, man. Because the thing that I like about it is that he gets the crap beat out of him. He's not like invincible, you know. He's not invulnerable, you know. He gets he gets beat mm. up so bad and thrown in a garbage can, you know. He's like, but he comes back every time.
2: They did a good job on that. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty raw. I mean for, Yeah, it's raw. That's normal what I TV. Like the best mm-hmm. It's good. Well, that was gonna be your last
3: question, I think, right? Oh, I yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who's your favorite superhero yeah. character?
1: <laughs> well, besides Daredevil, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Hulk, right? Nope.
3: Oh, <laughs> no. not
1: yeah. <laughs> the Hulk is the Toughest, strongest superhero, really. I think he would win if he were fighting the Avengers.
3: Yeah, the entire oh, team. Yeah. <laughs> the I was kind of hoping team. when
2: I joined the Navy that they were they had that special potion that made me grow four feet and turn green and... They didn't. I tried. <laughs> Disappointment. Just anthrax.
3: <laughs> Just anthrax.
2: Just anthrax and a, and a
3: healthy dose of team guy gas. mentality, yeah.
2: right? Yep, All it. right.
3: Well, that's our Mad Minute. Eric. You mean. Thank you so much for your incredible answers. We really appreciate it. Um, but let's 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 turn this ship a little bit and get into the reason why our listeners are coming here. Um, because they're all facing those barriers in life. They're all, uh, you know, a, a grand majority of our people are okay. up against the wall there, whether it's that depression you talked about, that trauma, uh, a disability or just, you know, their life is just grinding them down. And they come here because we bring on people that will inspire them to you know, get back in the fight to overcome those obstacles, whether they're real or they're perceived. They come here for the how-to through these incredible stories and then, you know, how you are doing it every day in your life. So, sir, without further ado, would you please share your greatest Never Quit story or stories with our listeners?
1: Well, so, I mean, I, like, I started climbing... Uh, I was a teacher for six years and I loved it. I could have taught forever, but I got this kind of opportunity. I, well, I kind of made this opportunity to be a full-time climber and adventure and writer and stuff. So I did that and, um, I didn't know, maybe I could do it a couple years, but I've been doing it now for 20 years. And so, um, mm-hmm. but getting into climbing, I wanted to climb Denali, which is my first of the seven summits. It's the tallest peak. Mm-hmm. and in, uh, North America. It's 20,300 feet. It's a big glacier. And I really had, you know, I like other than camping when I was a kid at, in Boy Scouts, I really wasn't like, I didn't know a lot about glaciers and stuff, but my buddy, Sam, he was a teacher at my school. He, you know, kind of instilled me with belief. And, uh, so we went out on this year and a half journey to kind of learn how to how to, whether I could survive, whether this was a realistic idea, whether this was a pipe dream. And, um, so we, we climbed, um, uh, Mount, uh, Humphreys Mm -hmm. in Arizona. I didn't get to the summit. Uh, I actually lost a glove and, uh, Sam chewed me out and he was like, Hey man, if you lose a glove on a big mountain, you're like going to lose your hand. And, uh, really grumpy Mm. and he was grumpy and we turned back and, we tried to summit um, Mount Hood. We didn't summit. We tried to summit Mount Rainier. We didn't summit. We, um, hmm. we went to Long's Peak in Colorado. Sam's idea was that we, would, um, that we would go do it in January, which would be more similar to the way Denali is, very cold at the top, and uh, the winds were 120 miles an hour. Wow. Um, we barely made it through the night without our tip tents getting ripped out. Um, and, and, um, I, uh, I remember coming down the mountain the next morning, Sam had lost a snowshoe in the deep powder. So he was like limping out of the snow and then I couldn't hear him anymore in the wind. So he tied our packs together so I could follow him out of the mountains with the rope. I remember my goggles. Um, I think I had lost a lens, my goggles or something. So my I got down to the uh, car and my eyelids were frozen together. And and that was crazy. Like literally my eyelids, I had to pry them out like in the uh, heat of the car. And I remember thinking, okay, this is this pivotal moment in your life, you know, where like you either go, this is the stupidest idea. I never want to like think about this again. I want to flee from this idea or I want to shove that idea back into the recesses of my brain. Or this is the tipping point. You know, this is it. And so for me, that was the energy. That was the catalyst. I was like, you know, I don't know if we're going to summit Denali, but uh, I know we can take care of each other. I know we can survive it. Uh, And so um, we went uh, to Denali the next June. And um, after 19 days on the mountain, after going through kind of some hell, I'd never experienced such suffering before. Uh, we reached the summit and it turned out we found out later when we came down, it, it was Helen Keller's birthday when we stood on top.
3: Oh, awesome. how about that?
1: And that was the start to my climbing uh, the seven summits. I thought, okay, if I'd done this one, sort of like Forrest Gump, if I've gotten this far, maybe I'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just keep
3: going. I love that.
1: Well, let me <laughs> ask you I'm curious a little more
4: detail on as far as a blind climber. What are some of the things that is particular to, you know, your condition when you're going through particularly these you know these summits
1: um well <laughs> so first of all i just have to figure out how to walk you know so i use these long trekking poles and mm-hmm. i feel my way through the snow or through the rock or whatever it is so i'm feeling my way i'm like a giant praying mantis or something or edward Scissor's hands you know just like probing these uh trekking poles out and feeling each step as i walk Mm-hmm. And my friend will walk in front of me, he'll jingle a bell in front of me. Uh, or when I'm ice climbing, I'm feeling my way up the ice. Um, when I'm rock climbing, I'm feeling my way up the rock, you know, kind of feeling, scanning, hanging, locking off, feeling with the other hand. <clears throat> so it's been a, a like a really interesting process of learning how to flourish in lots of different, very distinct systems that I use. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, in kayaking, same thing. I have a guide who's behind me who's yelling very specific commands via these high tech radios that we discovered that are like Bluetooth technology that communicate in relative real time so I can have enough time to react. <laughs> right?
3: Especially um, on the water. Yeah, oh my yeah, God.
1: Particularly. Waves in every direction, you know? And a lot of it is just being loose and being able to like roll with it. If you get knocked over, just. Calming your mind, relaxing, just waiting for the water, you know, the energy of the water to release you and then rolling back up and then charging.
3: For me, that is the most interesting part that I hear as a common thread throughout the interviews that I've paid attention to as the lead up to this interview is, you know, you're able to keep your mind focused, right? Can you yeah. go back to the first times where you started to learn how to do that? Because because for people with sight or, you know, it's a completely different thing, right? You mm-hmm. have to focus on what you're generating in your own mind as, as what the environment is doing to you rea- reactively and proactively versus, you know versus what we see coming when were the earliest times you started to learn and understand that control and focus
1: well i maybe it was uh and uh well denali i really really suffered like I, it was to me denali was like i i i still remember just getting crushed by this giant pack it felt like it was compressing my spine and my internal organs and every step was like falling into these frozen boot marks and just being cold and, and, and so tired and, uh, hypothermic. And, and then, um, you know, I, I climbed, uh, El Capitan the next year. Um, the nose Amazing. route up the
3: wow. um, prominent
1: route up the face of El Cap. And, and then, um, one of the training days we climbed, uh, you know, we were getting lost left and right on this rock face and we summited right at sunset and we had this massive rappel and then a big giant, climb and hike down through this talus field and it was so miserable for me being blind Mm. um you know just taking one step and just like every step you know could fall down between the cracks of these giant boulders and just break your leg or you know which would be pretty horrendous you know and uh and my friend turning to me and saying you know um he goes you know here's the thing about suffering he goes, hopefully, you know, it's for those with chronic illnesses where the suffering never stops, it doesn't apply as much. But for us, you know, this suffering is temporary, right? You know, in the in the morning, we're going to be in our beds. We're going to be looking back on this experience and we're going to be um, like thinking how cool it was, like the suffering is going to subside. So he's like, embrace the suffering. Uh, and and so that I've, I, I've, I've taken that and built on that since then and we call it suffering well you know it's just this idea that like your mind you can separate your mind from the suffering Mm. uh and uh with a lot of discipline you know where like the suffering doesn't really get to your mind you're exhausted you're crushed but yet your mind is sort of like still disciplined in the process of moving forward and uh you know we've used it a lot like doing this big adventure races that i've done around the world you know, day eight and you're biking up this endless mountain and, you know, you're like, you want to cry, but you start laughing, you know? And it's just, again, training your brain. We do this thing, we call them positive pessimisms, you know, like, um, <laughs> it's cold out here, but at least it's windy. Or uh, <laughs> You know, I haven't had a drink in eight hours, but at least, uh, we're lost.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. And oh. so there's a lot of tricks and things i've learned how to discipline the mind and suffer well and i think there's you know nobody's a masochist and nobody wants to suffer but suffering's part of life you know if you want to do big things there's a degree of suffering that you have to accept
3: it's, um, it's and, funny we yeah. we talk about that endlessly right because in our program in bud's You you know, it's all suffering. Every day is pushing you to the suffering limit, you know, and the mental suffering trying to induce us to quit, to fail, to to ring out. And Marcus, you talk about the the transition of that suffering to where it's like the pain becomes part of the growth.
2: No, Absolutely. I mean, it's. A lot of people think that I have a lot of patience. Probably, I'm sure people think you have patience too, bro. But it's not. I, I have very little patience. What I have is discipline. And once your patience wears off, that's when that kicks in. That gives you the ability mm-hmm. to to lay in the same spot for seven days, or to or to climb the mountain in one one inch at a time. And and. It's one of those deals when you get into it. He, he nailed it around in the head. Your body takes the pain, not your mind. And the pain yeah. is the way that your body is telling your mind that it's active, it's pushing, all right? It's, it's in the, going in the right direction. And then there's a point to where you can, your mind will know that, like, all right, I'm, we're doing this. My body's going to get exhausted. I know what exhausted feels like. I know the word for it. All right. My body can take it and I know it's not going to kill me. Let's go. And it, it's that awesome. separation between the two that, that lets you go farther. Faster, harder, yeah. right? I mean, no one mm. actually knows. Goggins is trying to to prove that he's trying to prove how far you can push the human condition. and That yeah, it's
1: it's kind of endless. the, the, the stuff is usually the though, mind. I've, I mean, there's all these climbing stories, right, where like people reach the summit and then they just are so exhausted they fall down on the way down. They just fall into the snow and die. Mm. You know, like. Or like people who finally make the summit after four or five tries on Everest, and then they die on the top of it. And it's like, well, I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to push to the point where you just <laughs> fall down dead, you know. Like so, so. But but you're right. It's a it's a really shifting line of how hard can you push yourself, um, and and how do you accept the suffering and just kind of accept it in, not fight it. You know, it's like almost like pain when you. It sometimes it's the worst thing you do, um, but uh, just sort of figuring out how to integrate it into uh, to kind of give into it, and uh, <clears throat> and then you know like I've come down peaks, you know like blom coming down peaks and massive storms, and 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 it's just like the winds picking you up and slamming you back down against the rock, and 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 you're like this is a really Good time to panic. If there was a good time to panic, this would be it.
3: But, <laughs> ding, 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 ding,
1: ding. Yeah, it's not to help you though. It's not. There's. It's gonna. It's only gonna hurt you, right? So, so the Tibetans they talk about this idea of making your mind still like water, um, and uh, and understanding that, like, okay, I, I'm suffering now. I'm suffering in the pursuit of something that I believe in now you in in that process of suffering you can cloud your brain with a lot of weight like a lot of clutter a lot of doubt a lot of like second guessing Hmm. uh a lot of like uh you know you uh, start to think about the outcome of every scenario
2: that's not even happening
1: all that stuff right it just becomes weight and it and it actually then starts to you know, way down your psyche. And you, and that's the opposite of what you want. You want to keep your psyche, your soul, your spirit light in that situation so that you can translate that. And I know you guys know profoundly exactly what I'm talking about. So you can translate that suffering and that potential fear into a, a sense of awareness where time slows down and you're just hyper aware of your situation. Uh, mm. And you realize, okay, this is not a time to make a mistake, right? But if uh, I'm fearful, if I let that weight oppress me, then I'm more prone to making a mistake.
3: I, I, Absolutely. I love how yeah. you talk about the the distinct relationship there is between fear and time. And one of the unique aspects that we experience, right, at, through stress inoculations, by doing something over, and the preparation that's involved in going to war, you know, in the capacity with which we do it. It is that repet- rep- repetition. It is knowing and trusting our training. But better yet, I think our fears and the length uh, and knowing that fear is not in perpetuity with the 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 challenge that's in front of us is relative to the people around us. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. and it in that fear, we're able to embrace it knowing like that Marcus is gonna be right next to me, that the wizard's gonna be right next to me. You mm-hmm. often talk about the fact that you've been able to do these incredible feats because of the team that's around you. Does yeah. your team share the same understanding of time as you do? And do they, do you guys discuss fear and time and its relationship as you prepare for these great hurdles?
1: Oh, you know, I've, I have friends that are like superheroes, you know, they really are. They're like really rocks in my life. As you guys talk about amongst yourselves, you know, it's, uh, so sometimes when I feel like I'm crumbling, uh, when you're surrounding yourself with a great team of people who kind of lift your spirit, who, bring a sort of sense of confidence and security, or maybe even like they, you go like, I'm not going to crack in front of these people. Like they see me as like a guy who's pretty tough and, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like little Donnie dark, like in the corner, I'm going to like live up to what they see and me. So yeah, surrounding yourself with these great people, it is the best chance we have. And, uh, it lifts us, you know, and you guys know when you have a a great team man. you are elevated, you are standing on their shoulders and that's what everyone's looking for in life, right? We come mm-hmm. absolutely back from these adventures sometimes and and we drop off a cliff, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, the teams that I've had on mountains, maybe like in a tiny degree, the teams that you've had in the military um, and then you come home and you're just like, it's, it, it, it can, it, it's so much harder to build that team around you at home, uh, to uh, uh, to to kind of pursue all the excitement and 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 joy and fulfillment and meaning, purpose that you're looking for.
3: It, it's funny that you say that because Marcus and I, you know, uh, you know, we get asked all the time. You know, yeah, it's great. You guys are doing. You're in the SEAL teams. You're doing what you do. That there's a team committed to one another by your enlistment or your you know, being in the, the, the military, how do you go build a, an elite team in their regular life? Where do you look? Where do you go? So what do you think the best way for people to do that would be, Eric?
1: Well, again, that's why I started No Barriers, because I realized that we didn't have a community, right? Like a community is like a team where you've got to carefully, methodically build it. So I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to be invited climbing by two heroes of mine one guy's name was mark wellman he's a paraplegic he broke his back he'd fallen off down a peak in the sierra nevadas and um after getting out of that dark place he uh decided he was going to climb el capitan so um he trained his arms and uh, his friend would anchor the rope and then mark has a pull-up bar it locks off and he does pull-ups up the rope essentially and he climbed el cap he did I think they estimated he did 7,000 pull-ups in eight oh, days. wow. Oh. Uh, so he invited me climbing, and uh, he had a third guy with us that he had assembled. Uh, this guy, Mark, excuse me, this guy, Hugh Her, who was a double-leg amputee. He had lost his leg in a climbing accident in, uh, on Mount Washington in the winter, got lost and got disoriented, and his legs got frostbite. But after he pulled himself out of that dark place, um he started tinkering with legs and he built these prosthetic legs that he could climb with and he became a better climber as an amputee than when he had real feet because he could build these feet with like little doorstops <laughs> that could wedge into seams wow. no human even stand up in and so mm. um the three of us climbed this peak together and i felt like so connected with these guys right and i said like how do I build this kind of community where I feel this deep sense of connection and not necessarily a connection through our triumphs, you know, through our successes, but through that process of being shattered, which yes. some of us, it happens and then how you rebuild, how you kind of uh, go through that process of, of, of reclaiming your life, of, of healing, of rehabbing, whatever it means to build that map. Uh, in front of us and and use it then to navigate and I think there is a map that we build and so I wanted to understand what that map looked like that sense of community that you're talking about I think is a profound part of that map we gotta get the people around us that we you know feel like we're standing on their shoulders so we built no barriers now we're a really thriving community as I said of uh of folks with disabilities but um and and and, and, and vets and, uh, and also though kids, right? Right. Like kids in the foster care system and, uh, and, and kids who are first generation Americans and, uh, and, and kids who have lost parents to war and violence and, uh, uh, and, and, and so many different populations of people that lean in. Right. And, and, and if you're sort of, if you have an open mind, right, then you learn so much from each other Amen. from serving and, uh, each other and growing together. And so that was that's been my brainstorm of how to attack this community problem. If you if you want that community, you build it. And that's what you guys are building through this podcast.
3: Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's it's one of the most critical things that we talk about, Marcus and I and, and the wizard is and when when we said, hey, when we started asking for people to write in their greatest never quit stories so we could post them so people had a reference point of of Equality, right? Because listen, we acknowledge that we are we are unique in our successes, but we are a collective of our pain, and yeah. and so it's a really beautiful aspect to try and generate. Uh, you know, like you said, these communities, these groups, these platoons of people. One of the things I truly love is, you know we've had a couple of your ambassadors on the show. We had Kyle on who is one of of my favorite human beings on the whole planet. And what was kind of interesting is Kyle has kind of, uh, you know, migrated towards a bunch of seals himself because there's that, we, we, we have that, that loss of community once we get out of the Navy as well too. So, I love how you're crossing the barriers, right, of identity, to create a common place for people to exist in.
1: One yeah. of the other things, and by that- the way, um, just on the vet side, we have our programs. When we when when we get we get, get a lot of vets uh, that that, that uh, join our programs, we go climb a cool mountain together. Uh, we kayak or raft rivers together. You know, we go to beautiful places. Um, where we can kind of rebalance hormones and just like really think about that process of healing. But the biggest thing that they talk about beyond anything else is that community, that rope team. We call it a rope team because that's in the mountains. You're actually roped together with the people around you. So we talk about – they talk about rope teams more than anything else. They, Mm. They say, you know, like I sat around in this sort of dark place eating ramen noodles for the last two years, and I'm so sick of it. And uh, so I thought I'd just try this out. And yeah, that's the first thing we do. We say, hey, hopefully we're creating this great rope team for you here. Uh, and uh, to kind of like be your support system to pull you out and make you the best you know, version of yourself and to call you on it if you're not.
3: That's what I love, too. One of the great quotes that I found from you is, is really this concept of, of living at the sharp end of the rope. Can you yeah. describe that and why that's so important for people to understand that?
1: Yeah, when climbers talk about the sharp end, they're talking about leading. Um, and so when you climb a rock face or an ice face, somebody's got to lead. It's a riskier job. You're putting gear in and you're clipping your rope to the gear. And if you fall, you're going to fall farther. And mm-hmm. if you don't place your gear correctly, it's going to rip out. But if you don't, you know, if somebody's not willing to get out there in front and lead, then nobody's going to get up the, to the top of the mountain. If you're not willing to lay it out there strategically, then um, nobody has a chance. So, yeah, it's about stepping up. And I've had teams, I've had individuals on my teams step up in such profound ways. I mean, when I was climbing Everest, my buddy Jeff Evans, um, we've been good friends for, what, uh, more than 20 years now. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, yeah, and... Um, we, he got to the base of the South Summit on Everest, which is a steep part of the mountain, and uh, there are fixed lines to the left, uh, moving up some really rocky, jumbly terrain, fixed lines to the right, moving up some snowy terrain. The fixed lines are what anchor you to the mountain. Like They are especially important when you come down in those storms in the afternoon to like have a rope mm. as kind of a guide, but um, going up, uh, he he saw those ropes, and they're old ropes from different teams, but the left ropes up that jumbly stuff was really hard for me, and he knew that. And uh, the ropes to the right were moving up the snow, and he knew that was much easier for me to kick steps in the snow. It's more consistent. But those ropes were buried in about a foot, foot and a half of snow crust from the monsoons. So my friend Jeff had a big decision to make that morning. You know, like, fix lines to the left easier for Jeff, fixed lines to the right easier for me. And so uh, that's the moment, right? And, uh, thank God he hmm. chose the wrong <laughs> lines on the right,
3: <laughs> right, right <now>. hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, but he chose the lines on the right. He ripped them out. And, uh, man, I, I, uh, even if I hated that guy, I couldn't hate him. I lo- you know, cause he's family. That's it. You know, he's, he stepped up in that way. You know, he took the sharp end for me. Uh, and, uh. And, you know, so all of us, I bet you have 10 stories like that of people who did that for you, right? you never hey, forget man. it. No. Nope. It sacrifice for you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Every time to
2: get people on here do outstanding things like they do, man. Fear is that common element in everything that we do. And it's, it, it, fear actually evens the playing field if you're in something with someone who's spectacular and somebody who's not, right? And, but you can progress at the same levels when you're trying to overcome it. And that team helps divide it. Right? I mean, it kind Break of, it down right. I love I that mean, idea. You look, at, look at each other. I say it all the time. I have the same friends I've had since kindergarten because they have a strength yeah. that covers down on a weakness I possess. It yeah. doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can just be a, a laugh or whatever, but fear is also a matter of perspective to the person who's in it. And it's, if you think about it, it's fear is the rite of passage. It's the thing you have to, to face or encounter to obtain the outcome the uh, the overall goal the higher the goal the higher the level of the field fear that's why you that's why you start at the bottom right you take those baseline steps and you, yep. no, uh, growing up and um when i was training the, the saying that was posted on the wall is to climb a mountain you got to start at the bottom and, and it's just <laughs> yeah. there's no true words right i mean if you kind of one step at a time and and it is one of those deals that as you progress and you kind of face those fears it's it does, it, it's always there it just becomes anxiousness after that because your body's ready and it actually knows that it can handle what's in front of it and then when your mind and your body start talking to each other man it's just like we said there's nothing you you can't overcome or tackle and premature panic is a sign of an undisciplined mind plain and simple i mean it's it's one of those deals where you, if you start in something to get your butt kicked right away well then that's probably what should have happened because if it doesn't happen then it's going to definitely happen down. Uh, down the road and it's going to be a lot worse.
1: Totally, Yeah. See what? I agree a hundred percent. I mean, people ask me sometimes like, Oh, you're like a, an adrenaline junkie. I'm actually not at all. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not looking for risk. I'm not looking for fear. Um, those things are things you have to like cross through like a gauntlet to get through the experience to have the gift, which is, you know, the insights, the discoveries, the, the team, right? The, the feeling of connection, uh, there's a lot that you have to suffer through to get to the good stuff. And, uh, so yeah, no, that's the way fear is. So I agree. You got to train your mind to be able to, uh, sort of flourish in, the, in, in that environment so that you can get to the, to the beauty and the joy and all that, you know, stuff that happens, uh, as a result of that catalyst.
2: I, I, I think that progresses. I'm sorry. I, just, I think that progresses at a more rapid rate when you have the team with you because not oh, only does that when yeah. you learn more about yourself and about the guy that's with you, and then you have somebody who you know was scared of something, they overcome it. You watch them physically and mentally overcome something that makes you stronger. Like, all right, man, if you can do it, I can do it. You know, he's yeah. supporting me. I'm supporting him, and
1: uh, it's and, just you know there's fear like of the of the physical thing, right? Like, I mean, of course, and you're on the battlefield. There's real risk. There's real things that can terrible things that can happen to you and that creates fear that's that makes sense but what we what i've discovered which uh, i don't know why it took me so long to discover this but when people come back from their trauma um they're not in danger anymore in that physical way but they still feel endangered. they still feel those those sense of fear it lingers and it becomes like and and i'm not just talking the battlefield i'm talking about all kinds of trauma like just it comes becomes like a a uh, a vibration in the soul that affects, you know, everything that you do. And so you go forward with this sense of fear and it's and it's now because that fear is kind of somehow made an imprint on your soul and and it's and so that's the thing that we're attacking at no barriers, right? Like it's uh like the physical fear of like, you know, getting hurt. That makes sense, right? But then when you carry that fear on the rest of your life and it affects all your decisions and all your, and it demotivates you from living the life that you want. That's when that becomes the real barrier. It's it's not the physical fear that uh, you would, debilitating some people yeah,
3: for sure. What, one of the things before we, we, we get close to wrapping it up here. Cause I know you got to go is I, I, I just have this overarching, you know, this, question that just keeps coming back is blaring in my head for you and that is why do you want to do these things literally what are you receiving is it the magnet the profound nature of being connected to all life like i there's this one beautiful interview that you talk about your mom's presence in you and her presence all around you after she died early you know, you, I've, I've heard you talk about being, you just talked about the soul and and the gift of the beauty of life. Is that why? Is that where you feel in these feats?
1: Yeah, like if you talk to like yoga masters or, or Buddhists, you know, like in Tibet or Nepal where I'm climbing, you know, they say you can have these enlightening moments anywhere just sitting at your desk chair, right? Like sitting right here you know, you don't have to go anywhere or do anything. It's, it's, you know, human beings are light. And how do we connect with that light? That is like the purest sense of ourselves. Now, Mm. I don't know if I, you know, know that that's the case. But for me, that's a great metaphor. It's a great uh, thing that I envision in my mind that yeah, trying to find that light, not the darkness is really important and motivating. And, uh, you know, all of us have been in that dark place. And it's does not feel good. Uh, and so we're looking for the light and how do you connect with it? How do you connect with those great teams and the joy of, you know, of doing big things, uh, going down the grand Canyon, listening to the Canyon walls around me, uh, they're miles high, right? You can hear mm-hmm. them. I can click, I can click, uh, snap my finger. I can hear those vibrations miles high it's insane. You can touch the rock that's billions of years old. I'm putting my life in my friends' hands. They're putting their life in my hands. Uh, we're doing this incredible adventure together. I mean, there are guys that I kayak with down the Grand Canyon. They're like brothers to me, sisters to me. Wow. Forever, forever. It's, it's, it's a permanent bond. And uh, when I got through one of those rapids, it was called Upset Rapid on the Grand Canyon. It was one of the top ten. And I was really nervous because Upset has this huge hole, which is like a giant washing machine that will definitely upset you if you go in. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my friend uh, Harlan, who was my guide through that experience, he said, hey, you know, slow down your breathing. Like, just connect with this place. Like, stop fighting it. Stop, you know, seeing the river as this terrible thing that wants to, like, hold you underwater you know, ride this energy and, and use it to go to someplace really cool, you know, and, and just trust it in a way like, and, and understand that you're not totally in control. And I rode that energy and there was a huge wave just crashing against the wall. And there's a huge hole to my right, you know, and you're just riding this gauntlet and you got, I remember getting through that and just, you know, pulling up on the shore and just feeling that light, you know, that, uh, that sense of, you know, I, how do you describe it? Right. It's like a kind of a, it's, it's like profound light and love just flowing into you. And I've thought that's if, if we could live like that every day, you'd, you'd live hmm. some life to have that, that sort of open heart just flowing into the universe, you know, Amen. to something kind of spiritual. It's, it's very on-
3: spiritual.
1: And, uh, uh, and so, So, uh, and you can have those experiences everywhere. You can have them like on the, your kids, right? You don't have to go to the grand Canyon to have them. But, uh, for me, definitely experiencing that gave me a sense of, you know, that's what, that's what I want to feel. Like I know it. I want to feel it. That's
3: beautiful. That's really Mm -hmm. beautiful, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing in that capacity. My final question before, you know, you, you, tell everybody where we can get your book and where to follow you and all that is, is our listeners right now, they're, they're hearing you, they're feeling inspired. They want to feel that light, right? They want to get through the darkness. They want to hit that light, whether it's with a team or whatever, but they want it there. What if anything that you, can, you suggest to them right now in this moment to, to launch them, to get them on their ascent towards the light.
1: Well, I would say, you know, like if you want to pursue something, um, join a team, join a group, right? Like um, if you want to learn, like, let's keep it super simple. If you want to learn to climb, go to your rock gym and start getting to know people. Get out of that dark place. Go take a step um, towards it, right? Um, If you want to be an entrepreneur, you know there are resources out there to be an entrepreneur right you can go out and you can learn from people but nobody's going to come to you you got to take the first step and um, so no barriers is like that i'll put a shameless plug in here you can <laughs> learn about us with nobarriersusa.org you can join our community you can get strength from our community um, but you have to you have to take the step right if you're if you want to sit there and uh, on the sidelines and you're done then there's nothing that can be done for you right you you have to get enough like flicker of that light to say like okay i'm going to take the first step and i'm going to i'm going to join this community and hey i may not like it right but and then and then the second step is don't sabotage the experience we have so many people that come in and keep an open heart and work their way through the process and profound change comes into their life but we also have probably a minority of people that come in and then they blow it up. They sabotage it. They're like, you know, they just don't trust the process. Mm. They don't trust the world anymore. And so they look for their first excuse to blow it up. and uh, and then they're back in that dark place uh, when really they should be doing the opposite at a building crust around themselves. You should be opening up and, uh, and, and trying to, you know, make themselves more vulnerable.
3: That's so awesome. Eric, Thank you, brother. I I just can't, you know, again, you being a part of this, could you, could you tell our listeners where they can follow you, where they can join your team, where they can buy your book, No Barriers, A Blind Uh, Man's Journey, and a kayak in the Grand Canyon, where, where can people get a hold of you and your team?
1: Well, touchthetop.com is my website. We have tons of awesome resources and videos and curriculum for kids and everything, and, um, uh, and then the book uh, can be bought um, and on Amazon. It can be bought anywhere in the bookstores. If you go into your bookstore and uh, they don't have it, tell them their bookstore sucks.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, right? Throw them away. Yeah, exactly. Slam the door. Obviously, you sold out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but just
2: in, yeah, but it should everywhere.
1: And it's not just a book about kayaking. It's really about the stuff we talked about today. It's really more about... Like that journey of awakening and transformation that we're all on. And I tried to write about it in a real way. You know, like I've talked about the, you know, times where I literally was on the edge, just like this dream is dead. Wow. And so, and, uh, uh, and so it's not like a, you know, like a book that's trying to be motivational. It's really more about those, the people I've met along the way and the things I've learned, uh, through this no barriers life.
3: Amen. Hmm. Well, sir. Thank you so, so much for being on our show. I know cool. for me, in particular, it is about the light. It is about the love of your team, your teammates, your relationship. and that's the true the true essence of why we get up every day and embrace our fears and and you were able to clearly outline a pathway for our listeners to do that. And I can't thank you enough, Eric.
1: Cool guys, thanks. It's really fun to talk to you. was. Awesome. Awesome. God bless all right. you. Take care. All right, thanks. Bye. Thanks, guys.
2: Dude, I don't even know where to begin, brother. We're at the end. That's good. <laughs> I got summed it all up right there.
3: I mean, that, li- that dude literally lives at the summit. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, to be able to. Do what he has done in his life and continue doing more because you know I where the dude has obviously gone through some significant transcendental experiences right here's this guy that lives in complete darkness but yet teach others to be to live a fulfilling existence by finding the light
4: yeah like so many of our guests I think it his whole Quest, if you will, probably began with his own desire not to be limited in life, but then it expanded once he had success in that to recognizing how rewarding
2: it is to help other people to experience that same expansion. And he's, you know, climbers. Man, they're always trying to go higher. Not having that sight, man, that embodiment of team is everything. Good point. Yeah, he's a complete Good piece, point. right? I mean, yeah. he, he's just a complete piece, even without. You said it, even without his sight, I mean, he sees everything through, through everybody else's eyes, and because you can feel that, all those emotions that run through your teams, those, those highs and lows, those ups and downs, man, you go through all that stuff together.
3: Yeah, that's a great point I took away from it too, right? Is that it's not just about the solo quest, it's not just about if you're struggling, you're in the struggle, it's how you come out with a team. And it's about once you're out, how to stay out of the darkness in a collective group, right? All kind of, I love the term that he said, leaning in, right? And you mm-hmm. you get that sense of, hey, we're all in the madness together. We're all in the pain together. Let's all lean into it.
2: And be proactive.
3: And be proactive. So we're, so we're sharing that. That's how you get out of it. Right? Yep. As you lean in to get out. That's what I heard, dude. And the That key, starts.
4: Yeah, and, and the key element is that you yourself are the only one that can make that choice to take that first step. Nobody else does it for you, but as soon as that ball gets rolling, I mean, that's when so many other good things follow on behind it. But you have to take that first step of your own volition.
3: Man, I, I'm super stoked to for that no barriers organization that he's got, man, I'm going to check them out. If you're one of our listeners and you're struggling to, you've got significant barriers in your life, then don't be afraid, man, go out there, find his organization at no barriers, right? USA.org or, you know, go to his website at the top and, and join up, figure out how to become a part of a team or or join, go down to your local church, join your church or go to Habitat for Humanity. Find some group of people that you can be like-minded with, that you can be connected to and, and dig in and take those first steps, man. Uh, you know, if this is your first show, what, what an amazing show, huh, Marcus, to... To join on board with, right?
2: It's one of those guests we have on here when, at the end of it, you just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> totally,
3: dude. I got totally. nothing. If you have questions, just go nothing. back and listen to it again. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, so if this is your first show, unbelievable. You picked an incredible show to start with us. We totally appreciate you being here. If you're back for more, then God bless you Uh, thank you for being a part of our team a part of our our community we really appreciate you all Uh, if you're first if you're new man go visit our website at tnqpodcast.com that's tnqpodcast.com and check out our mission and why we're here check out our community and You know, we ask that our, our members, they, they join in, they contribute by sharing their greatest never quit stories to the, to our webpage. There's a place you can upload. And even if they're not yours, man, if they're your, they're your cousins or brothers or a friend, you know, they have these great never quit stories, contribute those. Uh, If they're phenomenal, we're going to post all of them. If they're, if they really hit us hard, we're going to read one. I got one here in a second. If they're incredible, Marcus? Coming on. You're coming on. You're going to be we're in in our next recording session. We're going to have uh, one of those listener story guests come on the show. Um, also, if you're there, man, check out. We got some new merchandise. We got some swag, finally. Check out our awesome Team Never Quit podcast shirts. You will love them. You will love the models that model them. I think... Uh, <laughs> You know, we we definitely do them justice, don't we, gents? Team gear's in. Yeah, team gear. Team gear. I love it. Um, also too, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we've got the wizard there. He's out there, he's online uh-huh. now. Uh, just go ahead and type in or search uh The Wizard TNQ and he'll pop up there. Follow him and his crazy adventures and trying to discover who he is. Uh you can also Jesus follow Christ. me at Team Frog Logic Marcus, of course, at Marcus Latrell. And you can follow the, ped- the podcast at tnq podcast that's at tnq podcast we appreciate you all right man phenomenal let's read this story shall we gents let's do it this is from jason i came across your podcast because i was looking for something to listen to to which was a direct reflection of what i live my life by now I live my life by never giving up and never quitting like the stories that are on the website and the stories that are from the awesome guests that you've had on this show. I've held back in telling my never quit story after hearing the guests on the podcast and reading them some of the stories because I felt as though my story was not qualified to be in the same category as some of the amazing people that have overcome so much more. But I came to grips with the fact that no matter what your story is, someone out there may be going through the same thing and need to hear it from themselves. Thank you, Jason, for understanding that. Even if there is only one person that this story can change, it is well worth the time to type this up. My never quit story started like most people. My age that joined the military on September 11th, 2001. This was the Pearl Harbor of my generation, and so many of us decided that we were going to stand up and defend our country, and be, and me being me, I was going to join the United States Marines and go into the infantry because I knew that would put me on the front lines because at that time, I was a young, dumb, and full of, well, you can finish the rhyme if you want. Rum. <laughs> rum. Rum, dumb, and full of rum, right? Is that it? I don't think that's it. Pretty sure that's
2: not it. Definitely not it. <laughs> it's definitely not <laughs> it.
3: My first deployment with 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, was to the great city of Ar-Ramadi, Iraq, where my en- where the enemy brought the fight to us, but we brought it right back to them. The time that stuck out to me most was as an 18-year-old kid was watching another Marine from my plane put was watching another Marine from my platoon get killed by the enemy on April 4th, 2004. This moment would stick with me and eat me alive throughout the deployment until I came back. During my time being back from that first deployment, I wasn't the same person that went in the first place. And this all came to a head during my second deployment. While in Okinawa, Japan, I was using alcohol to take my meds instead of water because this is what would help me sleep through the night. One night, I was done doing this and took the whole bottle of pills and waited to die. That being one of the longest nights of my life, I was found puking and was brought to the hospital, drank activated charcoal, and was put on the psych ward. This was the lowest part of my life. And the worst part about it was that now I was working through my demons with the added weight of letting my brothers down and my brothers down that put their lives on the line for me. As I worked through these demons in this dark time, I was able to complete my time in the Marines and was discharged honorably. And myself and my wife moved to Vermont. Throughout the years of getting out, I found myself disconnected from the world. And even being disconnected from myself, I would start the day still drunk from the night before. Go to work and start drinking the second that I could get my hands back on alcohol. At this time, I never wanted to say that I was an alcoholic or I didn't have a problem because of two bullshit reasons. I always went to work and my father was an alcoholic. Not me. It was not until a buddy of mine asked if I wanted to run a race called the Tough Mudder with him in 2013 that things began to change. This race brought what you want about any obstacle course race. This brought fitness and racing into my life and would transform my drinking to fitness and racing. Since then, I've cut out most of my drinking. I still love a good micro brew, but no hard liquor. And swapped it with fitness. What drives me day in and day out. Is the mindset of never quitting. I know what it feels like to be at a point in your life. When you want to quit. And you choke down all your pills. In the hope that you won't wake up. And I'm not going to go there. Not every race I run. I am running against no one else but me. Everything is silence. And it's me versus myself. I have since, I have since become a fitness coach and tell this story to people so they can push them through, push themselves through what they may not want to do to push through the times that suck and it hurts, but no matter what, you aren't going to give up on yourself. I came to realize that everyone in life is handed a pile of shit in life and you can either grow a garden out of it or bitch about the fact you weren't given the garden in the beginning. I continue to run different endurance races and push my limits to be a role model to anyone that needs it, to show them that no matter what type of shit you're going through, you can always grow your garden if you're willing to work hard enough at it. Jason, God bless you, brother. I've been there too, man. And I, and I know tons of other cats out there that are in the same boat as you swimming in that shit. What I love is that you did grow a garden, you found purpose in your life, and now you're out there continuing your service by serving other people, man, bravo Zulu to you. Man, that's why we're here, that's why I'm here, that's why I do this podcast, that's what I do what I do in my life, so I want to thank God and thank Christ for inspiring me to, to be a servant to be a servant of the world. I want to thank my girls because it's through them that I want to serve and through my family and through the endless sunshine of my life and through all the people out there that listen to the show. Thank you. And through Jason for writing in, thank you. And for Eric, man, God bless you for doing what you do for a living. And I want to thank you, gents. Thank you. Cause without you, I couldn't be here serving the world.
2: Yeah. Jason, welcome back to the, welcome to the other side. Purgatory sucks. We all get jammed up in there for a little bit. On w- once we get out, but being on the other side and doing what you're doing, man, you can tell that's it's what drives you. What drove you when you were in, and what drives you now? It's uh it's a good feeling. And Eric, I still don't have anything to do. <laughs> 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 that Like damn, I've been sitting over here again. It's just amazing. You see somebody, you see people. Our guest, man, they're just through and through when they have that in that inside force, right? They they accomplish things. You start thinking about the nitnoid stuff that, that comes into play and goes wrong that they would have to deal with climbing up that mountain. It's just amazing. That dude's a real daredevil. You don't have to whip 20 dudes to be a badass. Yeah. I mean, you, hmm. you know what I'm saying? You're a badass, man. You cr- crawling up and down. I, I guess it's a Spider-Man fascination could be as well because I can't <laughs> climb like And I can see but <laughs> well, that guy's amazing, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Everybody that keeps listening and bringing us back, I you know I don't even uh, have the uh, the vocabulary to describe my life. I mean, complete peace. You guys have given me that, and it's just like uh, Eric, man. Just getting out there and and living with our people, let them teach you something about yourself. You'd be surprised what you have learned So thanks for that. I'm out.
3: Out.